Lucas, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm I'm really excited. I'm not every day you get to like interview your favorite TikToker. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I divided this up into like three-ish parts. The first okay. part is talking about you stand up in comedy. And then the second part is going to go into like TikTok acting and all those things, whatever you do. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third part is special because I have a lightning round of questions. Okay. For you. It's only three, but you have a minute to answer each one. I was being generous and gave you a minute. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. So my first question for you in the comedy section is what got you inspired into comedy? What mediums you perform? And how long have you been doing it? Um, what got me inspired in comedy? Uh, when I was 13, my dad just asked me, he was like, hey, have you ever seen George Carlin? And I was like, no, no, I haven't. And he was like, look him up on YouTube. And then I looked him up on YouTube and then I got obsessed with George Carlin. And then I looked up other comedians and I just, I became a comedy nerd at 13. Um, and I was, <clears throat> I was very, I was super interested in standup, but I was way too afraid to try it. Um, up until, uh, two years ago now, I would say, um, almost two years ago, uh, when I started, uh, seeing a therapist and helping get through certain anxieties and, um, kind of like stage for, I was already an actor, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wasn't afraid of performance, but performing standup really, really scared me, but therapy helped me a lot with that. And then I thought, I think I'm ready to take a class. And so I took a class at Caroline's comedy school. And it was um, a six week class um, in the summer of 2019. And I, at the end of the class, we had a, um, a show as like a graduation show in Caroline's, which is really cool. And, um, and it just, I just caught the bug. It was, it was the best, it was so good. And then I started doing open mics afterwards. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing stand-up since the summer of 2019. That's when I began. And uh, what were the other parts of this? Um, If you perform any other mediums, like in comedy, you would say. Like Um, improv. I started taking some improv classes, but I haven't done any, like, I'm not, I'm not on any, like, improv team. I only just, improv was another thing that I was really afraid of. Just the idea of being, like, totally naked on stage without, and you, because the thing is, like, growing up, a big fear of me was saying something inappropriate. And so mm. the idea of, because the thing is like with a play or a film or something, you have a set list of, you have your lines. So you can sort of rest on those and know that that's okay. But the idea of like going up and not knowing what you're going to say and perhaps saying something that will make everyone hate you, that that was a that was a big fear of mine. But improv classes really helped with that. Um, I wasn't really looking to like, like do improv or like get do it started improv I was just I was just wanted to build that skill um that was the main reason why I did that um sketch I mean I've done some sketches and but I never like really focused I would say like stand up within the world of comedy as stand up is the main is the is the main thing for me so yeah yeah cool I like that um so what inspires your material and what is like your process uh, most of my material is based on stories uh, from my own life. Um, it's, it tends to be very autobiographical. Um, and my process, I would say, is 
a lot of my uh, material, especially my early material, I had, I had been writing notes for a long time because I always thought, I think one day I might try stamps. So I began like writing notes um, and just uh, writing down stories. And a lot of the stuff I did were stories that I was already telling friends at parties and stuff. So I already had like a bank of stuff that I could mold and form into something a bit more structured. Um, and uh, and yeah, and to this day, like um, some a lot of good material has come up from just doing open mics, um, sometimes like feedback open mics. I have friends that host um, a feedback open mic where you get um, feedback from other comedians and you start like riffing and making it and like other stuff just comes up to the surface. Um, I don't really have like a process of like, okay, from like one to three, I sit down and I just type stream of consciousness and hopefully I can pull stuff out. I don't do that. I'm, it's probably a good idea to do that, but I um. It just like, if I have an idea, I write it down and then I'll try to like really flesh it out and then do it at an open mic, see what works, see what doesn't, uh, remove, trim the fat and then expand, contract, expand, contract until it's reasonably good. That's, yeah, that's, I would say is my process. Cool. I like that. I'm kind of like the same way. Yeah. Um, I, I know another thing is that sometimes I do try to, um, because on my TikTok account, I, um, I sometimes get like commenters that aren't quite that nice. And so I try to treat all of, I try to treat mean comments as like improv exercises where I think, okay, mm -hmm. come up with a rebuttal really quickly. Um, like I, I had a dude, um, uh, someone who commented under a video saying, uh, you just know that this kid has never dated a female. Um, and then I responded, I was like, I mean, it's pretty rude to say that your mom isn't a female, you know, just like, <laughs> it, it's it's an old joke but it's a and yeah so and so i try to i try to like give myself not problems but um premises i try to i try to like take everything as a premise and find the punchline um yeah that's good yeah that's a good exercise yeah yeah so do you think who you are like on stage versus like an off stage is like a similar persona a different persona I would say it's very similar to the kind of person I am with my friends. Hmm. And that was something I heard very on early on from some comedians who said that, um, that who you are on stage is like a very polished version of the kind of funny person you are with your friends. Um, and the, that, and cause I think, I think what everyone wants is that a comedian is like someone who like takes you on a journey of thoughts and is like, the best, like the funniest friend you could hope for who can just make you laugh for an hour. And so I definitely try to make it seem like intimate and loose and real and honest as I would be with uh, friends. Yeah. I love that. That's a, that's just a, like, it's definitely, funny. it's definitely different from who I am with my like family. If I'm talking with mm -hmm. like my mom or something, it's definitely different. And I yeah. actually have a bit about how, um, uh, how my mom wanted to come to an open mic. I was like, no, you don't, don't, don't come to my open mic. Let's not. <laughs> definitely feel that I formed um comedy from my parents one time when I was in college it it went so badly I bombed so badly Oof. I think the night before because they told me they were coming and that was kind of like I rewrote my whole set to like the cleanest, oh my God. shittiest material I could figure it out in like the 24 I hours that. I had and I was it was so bad I what's interesting is that my mom both of my parents have seen my stand-up and they actually really liked it there, it was really, it was very sweet. And my mom centered around to like a lot of other family members. I was like, can you not, 
sup? I can I just have a separate world, please? I definitely feel that. I blocked and everyone, that and everyone says, Oh, it's so good. I'm like, thank you, but stop watching it. <laughs> I don't want you to watch this. Facts. Yeah. Um so I, I'm, I'm out in D.C. So what is mm-hmm. the scene like in New York City with the comedy scene? What do you like? What is the vibe like? And what do you think needs to be like improved? Um, well, the vibe. Well, to be fair, I I've only started stand up in 2019. So I'm not sure I'm, I might be like the best person to answer that people have been doing it for longer, who mm-hmm. probably have a better like informed answer. But um, I've found it very, very fun. And especially like this past year um, with COVID, like for like March to June, it was pretty. I mean, just everything was either on Zoom or not happening at all, which is what had to happen. But it was it, it wasn't fun. But yeah, but starting in the summer and then going into the fall, I found that actually honestly really fun because we were going to like rooftops and uh, backyard shows and meeting up in a park. So there was this sort of sort of like a guerrilla style of comedy. And it was like it was almost an element, an element of adventure finding the play. It was I found it really, really fun and adventurous. And and it was also putting sort of power back in that hands of comedians because everyone because like there are no venues really so people just making the best of making the best venue that they could and I and I really really liked that it was it felt very holistic almost and I I really liked it and I still do um there's not much going on that uh right now I like obviously I've been I did a couple shows online uh a few days ago and uh i hopefully we'll have like a live date or two coming up soon, but there aren't, and there are some live shows going on in New York at the moment, but it's very few and far between because it's cold. And, yeah. It's yeah. really cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of go into that. What are your hopes? What are your dreams for the future of comedy for yourself? I want to be able to do dates across the country. That's what I want to do. I want to travel across the country and, work the road which is I feel like a very good and necessary next step for me because that's just what comedians do and I'm like yep I that's what I want to do I need to I need to do that next I like that um yeah so what is my last question for you in the comedy section is Mm -hmm. um what advice do you have for future comics or something you wish someone told you when you first started out in comedy uh get up on stage as often as you can um expect yourself not to do amazingly the first time and just try and just try to get comfortable with that like the best advice i ever heard that i have given out to people if they were uh, trying it out for the first time is get up on stage fail dust yourself off and then the next day fail better and i i and i really like that um and also because like i was so afraid i was petrified of going up on stage the fourth and i and uh, while I was starting stand-up, I was still really anxious. Like I, I nearly fainted a couple of times. Um, like the, um, did I just knock, knock your mic over? Um, they, uh, the fourth open mic I ever went to, I very nearly fainted. Um, and I stopped my set halfway through because I was afraid that I was gonna collapse and break. It was in a cafe. I was afraid that I was gonna break the coffee table in front of me or break the microphone or something. 
but I didn't. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling well. I need to sit down. And so I didn't break anything. I sat down. I didn't lose consciousness, but it was scary. And then I did a, a show in October of 2019. And before I got on stage, I felt myself having like a panic attack and like my body doing exactly the same stuff as it felt like when I was about to faint. But I did this pressure point tapping exercise that my therapist taught me to like diffuse anxiety and it worked amazingly. It was really, really so helpful. Um, since then, I haven't had much of any issue at all. And now I feel much more comfortable on stage and I'm I'm confident that I'm not going to faint again um, with at the level that I'm at. I, yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, get comfortable with failure and just make yourself get up on stage or do whatever thing you need to, to be able to be comfortable to get up on stage the first time. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that story and your insight for that. That's, I love that so much. Um, let's get into like TikTok and voice acting. Mm -hmm. So what got you into voice acting and how long have you been doing it? Also, like how many voices can you actually do? Um, well, well, first off, like impressions doesn't enter into like my voiceover work. It's, okay. it's, I've maybe once or twice, I had to do like a voice match, um, for someone in a project, but I, um, but yeah, uh, I started doing voiceover straight out of college. I was a theater major in college and I still, and I still do like on camera stuff. I have not recently because of everything, but, um. But I, I started doing voiceover work straight out of college. I started narrating audiobooks. That was in the summer right after I graduated from college. And then I took and then I moved back to New York. I, um, I was in Chicago for college. Um, then I moved back to New York. I took some more coaching, made a commercial demo and started auditioning online and started building up a repertoire of work and uh, stuff like that. And and yeah, so, and now I'm really lucky to be a full-time voice actor. And I was, uh, and I had already been full-time when I, when the pandemic started. So there was a little dip in terms of like the amount of work I was getting, but I was still able to support myself. And, um, and so I really, I'm extraordinarily thankful for being able to work the way I do and still do. Um, but yeah, in terms of, um, voices I at least 30 impressions I would say at least 30 probably maybe 40 I'm not sure though I haven't I haven't counted um uh yeah what were the other questions I'm sorry <laughs> um I guess you kind of answered it what got you okay. into it how long and how many voices? oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. and so yeah, I was, people would like recommend it, they're like, oh, you have quite a nice voice. Why don't you do voiceover? I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Um, which is like something a lot of voice actors get told at some point is like, oh, you sound really nice. Um, but yeah, and then, so yeah, that's how I got into voiceover. Um, yeah. In terms of, do you want to know how I like got into TikTok? Is that what you want to know? Or Yeah, that was my next question. Is going okay. To me, yeah which was uh, telling me everything about your TikTok journey and how did it start? You know, did you ever think you would have like a million followers or be super popular and how no, not content at all. and just tell me. <laughs> I, um, I was at an open mic in February last year and um, it's crazy to think that was last year. Um, but I, um, 
I, uh, this comedian who was on TikTok already, he was like, oh yeah, you should get on, you should get on TikTok because like, um, you just try to, it's a bit of a numbers game. You just have to put out videos and, um, but it's a good way to get followers and have, and it transfers over to Instagram pretty well. Um, and then I was like, oh, all right. And then the pandemic started and stand up wasn't available to me. And it, I just got on TikTok because I wanted another creative outlet, um, when stand up wasn't available to me. And I thought, oh, I do some impressions that I've done for friends in the past. Like maybe people would like that. Um, and I was very strategic in sort of finagling them into twists on trends that were going around. Um, so like there is, I don't know if you were on TikTok in like the beginning of last year, but there was like a big trend at the beginning of the pandemic where there was this dude who was like, okay, I'm bored in the house and I'm in the house. Bored. Yeah. Okay, I'm bored in the muff. And yeah, so um, I did an impression of old obi-wan kenobi uh what at like and sort of like the premise was like what obi-wan was doing waiting for something to happen to luke skywalker and it was just him going okay i'm bored in the house and i'm in the house board board in the house and i'm in the house board and um <laughs> and that was the first thing that did like a little okay it was like some people were like oh that's pretty good um and so i kept trying to do um twists on stuff by working in impressions and like growing my audience and um and then the first thing that went viral was like it was a bunch of impressions of like people auditioning to play carol baskin and i was i called it like tiger king the stage play it was just an excuse to do a bunch of impressions um and that that was the first thing that went viral um and then i kept trying to do because the thing is, like, I enjoy doing impressions, but I don't necessarily consider myself, like, an impressionist. Like, I don't do impressions in my stand-up or anywhere else, and it's not, and, yeah, and, like, you've seen my stand, I don't, it's very autobiographical and observational and goofy, but I, but I do everything just in my own voice, and I don't really have any interest of doing impressions, and so I always was trying to get non-impression stuff to pop off and trying to focus more on that and and so yeah but it was but it for majority of last year it was impressions that were the most popular thing that I did um so yeah and I just kept like trying to post trying to understand like when my followers were most frequently on the app on the app and like what time of day and to post at those times and just other I literally just like looked up on YouTube, like how to grow your audience, like how, what works well to, and it was just trying to follow those things. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I, yeah, I was very surprised by how the success that I've had on TikTok. It's still, it's still very surprising. It's also yeah. been very, there's been lots of peaks and valleys because the times they're like really, really viral. And then times that I like get very, very low number of views. And it's, it's, it's always going up and down. And that's something that a lot of people other a lot of other TikTokers complain about is how like really um not what's the word let's just up and down like very inconsistent that the algorithm is in terms of like being in their favor or not that is it's a that's a perennial thing that we're always dealing with is just like we hate the algorithm basically yeah yeah I it was amazing um so my other questions are what are your hopes and dreams and plans for TikTok and voice acting? You already said like you already do this full time voice acting. Mm -hmm. um, what, what about TikTok? Is that something 
full time or oh um <laughs> not necessarily i mean i would i honestly don't know really what my dreams are i mean i'd like to continue growing on tiktok um and to like get more fun i would love to have more transfer onto like instagram and youtube because those are a bit more consistent in terms of like response um and i would like to be more and more self-sufficient as like um a content creator so i'm not dependent on external forms of income and to basically use that to fund myself as a comedian and actor um yeah and i also have a podcast that i'd love to like grow and monetize and stuff um, yeah that's super cool um i hope all this you know all the success in the world and thanks. continue to grow and everything um and the last question for you before we get to the mm -hmm. lightning round is what advice do you have for content creators or people who are interested in voice acting and tiktok etc I would say be as specific as you can in what you're passionate about and don't try to please other people. Definitely try to notice what's popular and see if you can ride that wave and put your own twist on it, but make sure you're being very, be as specific as you can, I would say. Don't try to be a crowd pleaser. Try to do what you enjoy um, and understand that there's, that people find a universe in the specifics of things and not in the generality of stuff. Basically, like if you have an idea of like how to draw a horse, draw the horse and don't let a committee decide to draw it like a camel. Because <laughs> um, there's like an old saying that like a camel is a horse uh, drawn by a committee. And mm -hmm. so yeah, definitely like um, stick very strongly to whatever you're passionate about, whatever you wanted to talk about, whatever you want to share, um, stick to that very, very strongly. I love that. That's really great advice. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so lightning round. I've never done this before, but um, okay. I was inspired by my other podcast where I was going to interview a friend, but uh, her work wouldn't let her. It's a journalism-based podcast kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I, she ended up interviewing me. And during the interview, she did a lightning round of questions with me. But I was like, I'm going to do this for my comedy podcast. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. You will have one minute to answer. I'm actually going to set a timer. So, okay. So my first question for you is, what is your favorite place to perform comedy in New York City? Oh, my favorite. Um, it might be the favorite place I have performed or my, just my favorite place that I... What comes to mind? Um, I think of Eastville Comedy Club because that's uh, where I went to. Um, there was a, a weekly open mic on uh, Mondays that I would go to very, very often. It was mainly because I love the host. His name is Derek Lamar and he was just a spectacular host. He was very, very kind. He was very organized. He was really fair. He, was, he just created an amazing atmosphere and that made Eastville a really great place for me to perform. Um, but um. I also done, I, like the end of class show I did and the stand-up class I did was at Caroline's and then I did a, sh a show at Caroline's and I loved performing there. It was a nice big room. It was, it was a lot of fun. So one of the two, I would say. 
Okay. <laughs> and perfect. You hit a minute. Um, cool. Okay. So my other question for you is, who is your favorite voice actor? Oh my god, I, it's, I can't decide. This is another two one, but like I can't decide between James Arnold Taylor or D. Bradley Baker. They're both three name people. D. Bradley Baker, um, he does a lot of animal and creature voices um, in a lot of different cartoons and films. Like he, um, he's the voice of Perry the Platypus as well, and um, and also Appa and Momo in Avatar: The Last Airbender. He was that he was the elk that King Thranduil rode in the Hobbit films. He was. He does a lot of shit. He's also all of the clones in Star Wars, The Clone Wars, um, oh that God. cartoon. So he just, he's insanely versatile. And then there's James Arnold Taylor, who's like the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, The Clone Wars. He's, um, um, he does, he's so, he's just so, he's so widespread. He's like, uh, he's also the voice of like, of Fox animation domination. He's, he's that dude. He's and he's like a very prolific YouTuber as well, and he's he's very kind-hearted and open about voiceover. Ooh, okay, you hit a minute, but that was really interesting to know. Okay, my last question for you for lightning round is: What is a TikTok that lives in your head rent-free? Um, there's a TikToker who I've been following recently. Her name is Bailey Gray, and um. I don't remember the premise exactly, but she set up like this little sketch where someone is interviewing her like a journalist on the street saying, uh, what is your favorite of the seven C's? And she just goes, the pussy. And that's it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's all the questions I have for you, Lucas. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm... Yeah, it was a pleasure being on. Yay. I'm so excited to see everything else you do in the world and Oh, thanks. Yeah. When you're famous, I'm going to be like, I know that guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's very sweet. Thanks. <laughs>